Folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will on this early Monday morning. We have a we've got a couple things to talk about. One, Dave Dorn is now the winningest coach in NC State football history. How does that make you feel, Dave? Uh, Will, are you back in the relationship with Dave? Are you off? What's the where, where do you currently stand? Um, well, we were back together after the Clemson game. Um, yeah, actually, no, I mean, <clears throat> we pointed this out. I feel like we were like way ahead of the curve on pointing this out to people last year that he was this close to the record and that, um, you know, I, I figured it would light some fire under him. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's weird. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what happened between the the Duke game and the Clemson Miami games. Like he even said that there was um, like, he thought they were practicing really well for Duke. Right. And then whatever happened after that one, it woke something up. Um, and he uh, maybe it was cause he knew how close the win record was, but um, you know, I think his best coaching so far, probably in his tenure really has been like the last two weeks. It's like, he's really, found a way to optimize everything. I would have said that about last year, and then you could probably point to a year before that, a year before that. So, I mean, I guess what I'd say is he seems to keep getting better as a coach here. Um, I'd love to see, like, what he looks like again with, like, a full, complete team um, versus what we've seen the last couple of years of him having to kind of, like, scrape everything together. But, you know, you give people a while, and they can kind of go after records like this, but... You know, I think he's probably three or four wins kind of ahead of maybe an average. Uh, that's probably not even more. That's probably giving him too little credit. He's probably a good five or six games ahead of like what an average coach would be over that that tenure. And I think you're finally starting to see like the best Dave Doran now. And so, yeah, I'm kind of I'm 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 on on board, and I really hope it's not his last season. To be honest. Well, that's a, quite a turnaround. That is quite I know. a turnaround for Will. I know. I he gets yeah. me with these after game speeches, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, Dave has grown a lot, and I think it's uh, as a coach you can tell the transformation he's made from early on in his tenure and how he's adjusted. Now, a lot of times, and we've said it before, I feel like he could have adjusted faster, but in the end. He's 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 getting it done, right? He's built a solid program. He has made NC State respectable. You know, every year, maybe you're not, you know, he hasn't gotten over the hump, gotten gotten the championships, but he's made the program into one that you know a lot of people can be proud of, and that we know is probably not going to finish at the bottom of the league. You know, more often than not, now you might have a blip here and there, like everybody does, but for the most part, he has has a solid foundation that we know what he's going to get to or you know what he's going to uh, produce from a you know as a team standpoint and I think that's <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning and it's been a long time since we had a coaching search and you know when I started following NC State you know we went from Sheridan to O'Kane 
to Chuck to TOB, and it just felt like there's always a coaching search every few years. And you know, it's been 11 years with Dave Dorn, and that's a lot of that says a lot about what he's been able to do here. And I know it's not perfect and and all that, but I think he represents you know NC State well. I think he's built a good program, and he's evolving now. I also do think he's exhausted. I think he's tired of it all, all the all the nonsense around it, and just wants to coach football. I think if that were the case, then he'd probably be here another 10 years. But given the portal and transfers and everybody's a diva these days and NIL and all that stuff, I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer he's got. And his post-game speech after this game really – was eye-opening in terms of, I think he might be done. He kept talking about, you know, I was I wanted to leave something behind, and you know, I, we'll pull the audio for the <clears throat> for the next pod. But yeah, it just, and I know I know a lot of people who heard it, and if you're at the game, you probably didn't hear it, but it was very, it looked very much like he would like that was that was what he was waiting for. So it'll be interesting to see what he does this offseason. I'm glad he got the wins again, the last two wins against Clemson and Miami, as opposed to, you know, jump games against Wake and Virginia Tech, even though we know how those goes on the road, et cetera. But he got to do it at home, big environments. Those are big wins, you know, against two really talented teams. So it, it doesn't feel as, uh, you know, it could feel cheap if you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, you, you beat. A garbage Virginia Tech team. It's it just it's better that it happened at home against a good yeah. team. I just everything about that was better. But I'm thankful for Dave. I think he's done a really good job building a, a solid foundation. There's a lot of things I wish I you know he would have changed early on, and you know we still ha- still misses on some some staff here and there that has put us in in some interesting situations. But I mean, for the most part, he's been. He's been really good, and he's been good for the program. So good for you, Dave. I mean, he he earned it. And I know it meant a lot to him. He you know did it in a lot less games than a lot of people point to Earl Edwards. He did in a lot less games than Earl Edwards. Uh, Edwards was seventeen years, who actually has a losing percentage. Uh, Dick Sheridan's got the best winning percentage, <laughs> but it's not by much over Dave. Yeah, when uh, you hear Earl like Edwards, Edwards' record, you're kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, Earl Edwards in 173 games with 77 and 88 with eight ties. So, you know, Dave is 78 and 57. No ties. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's, What was Earl Edwards' top 25 record? <laughs> I know. Like, uh, we can we can tear up Dave's record, and, and I get it, but we are, in fact, NC State, so we have to keep that in mind. And you know, where we've come from. I think that's the perspective of where we've come from to where he's been able to, you know, stabilize this program where, you know, every year they're like, they're going to be pretty good. We don't know what we're going to get exactly from them, but they're going to be pretty good, right, from as opposed to, well, they're going to stink this year or, you know, just having, you know, it's Tom O'Brien, you know, he's kind of in the tail end of his career. He's not really recruiting. There's a whole bunch of things like Dave has done that, have made it a better program and have, have given us a better experience over the last 11 years. And it's not, again, not been perfect, but 
I can appreciate what he's done because for a school that is historically average, he's been a good he's been a good head coach for us. Our all time record is six eleven, five seventy eight, and forty six. So exactly average, and you know I think Dave has been more often than not above average, and that's a that's a good thing for us. All right, I, I'm, I've always talked about how I've wanted the day that a coach gets poached from us because that would mean we didn't fire somebody, which we fired like the last nine coaches, if I'm not mistaken, like Lou Holtz. Back in 75 was the last coach that got hired away to another program that didn't get fired. Dick Sheridan retired. Everybody else got fired in between there. Like, that's a crazy set to me. And Dave's brought some stability to that. And that's a good thing. But I still, I'm still waiting for the day that, that a coach gets poached from us. Because that means we didn't fire him. And now Dave might retire. He might, you know, this year, next year, whatever it is. But he ain't getting fired. So, you know, that that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for our program. Yeah, I think it'll be um, really curious to see. <clears throat> I'm curious to see. You know, he said the last few weeks, like, after these games, like, you know, you don't understand the amount of, like, uh, emotions and everything you go through over the three hours in game and how oftentimes post-game, you know, he says some things and he's like, oh, I can't believe I even said that. Um, so, you know, he, that plus the, you know, leaving a legacy behind all that stuff he talked about in the game, it's easy to kind of interpret the last few weeks and say, that sounds like someone who wants to ride off in the sunset after the season. And I, I could totally understand it, but I can also sit there and say, I don't know, man, that's a pretty competitive person. And I think winning these last two games like this kind of is more motivating to people like that. Um, like you said, it'd be different if you lost these two games than one wake VT. It just, it, it wouldn't have the same feel, um, for him. Right. And I think it, you know, there's help coming from an NIL perspective. I think he's going to have the ability to participate better in, in the modern era as far as that's concerned. So, I could see him get to the end of the season, take a breather, and then say, you know what, actually, I, I don't want to stop. Um, now, what ramifications that could have for, like, a Tony Gibson, for example, is going to be interesting to watch. Um, you know, if, if Tony looks like he's leaving and wants to take a head coaching gig, does Dave say, well, man, I he's he's kind of like the linchpin to this. Uh, it's, and maybe that would force a retirement. I don't know. It's going to be really curious to see how it plays out, but... I just find it hard to believe he's what fifty one. Fifty one. Yeah. Um, I just find it hard to believe that someone could just walk away from. I know he's making it. You know, he's expressing all these emotions during games. Everything goes up to it, but at the same time, like when you've won a lot of games, you, there's a uh, an addiction that comes to the the grind that is this game. And so, I would just be shocked if you walked away from that just to go fish and open up a bait shop, as has been said. <laughs> Right. Like, it's just if he was 60, I'd believe it or 55. I, it's just hard to believe that he would walk away with, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to I'm getting close on 40 and I don't I still feel like I'm 25 most of the time. And I I'm curious if he feels like really old and aged from this or if he's really fresh because he seems energetic. I, I mean, he seems like a better version of Dave 
Like, you can watch that first, those introductory press conferences. They had, like, a little, like, highlight reel of Dave Doran. I mean, it, he doesn't seem any different to me. He seems just as, as he was before. So, I don't know. I'd just be shocked if he hung it up. Um, I, I know it makes given... complete sense, but it's just so hard to believe that a person like that could walk away. I, we've just seen it so many times. I mean, so many younger coaches are just like, eh, I've had enough. And then especially the way the, the game has changed. I just, it would, it does not surprise me. Who, who have you seen recently me. that's done that though? I mean, Bronco Mendenhall, one of Dave's good friends, did it at Virginia. Yeah, but right? he was at a that shitty was, football school. And Whatever, it's it's still the same. They were playing well, they were doing, he was doing a good, really good job. And then he's like, man, I just I can't take this anymore. Chris Peterson, who's younger than Dave at, at Washington. He had that program just cruising along. He steps down. He couldn't take it. Bob. Yeah, Stoops, there were health. I know he's got health there. issues, but Bob Stoops yeah. won everything. You know, it's usually health related. I think the. Bron- I mean, I remember at the time Bronco Mendenhall was like, "Well, I'm not going to fire my whole staff," and so he just quit himself. And um, I mean, there's again, always stipulations to it, but these guys have. It's been done, especially in this era. People are stepping down yeah, early but- because there's so much nonsense. And I know for a fact that Dave just wants to coach football, and he does not want to deal with this other other stuff i just man i just don't think it's really that big of a thing i mean like you got people in the program that can handle that crap and you can easily go insulate yourself and go coach football so like i just don't buy that that argument of oh i gotta deal with these you know you can go out there and be like hey you know uh quarterback who's being dramatic uh we're not gonna deal with this and so don't recruit a guy like that like it's yeah but you you don't know uh, you don't know those things and everything flows up to the head coach so if somebody's mom is out there or aunt being out there being a diva on Twitter and then it goes to the coaches, you know Dave's going to hear about it. Dave's going to have to deal with yeah, it. But it's let not, your it's, operations it's, guys it's, handle that. Like, it, it's not, that's know, not man. how it I'm works. Ty- I am, I, again, I think we've said this before. I will not suffer the, oh, I get paid $5 million and I've got to deal with someone's aunt bitching on Twitter. Fuck off. Come on. Like, there, there is no way that that is such a pain. I, you can go coach football and hire someone to go deal with that nonsense. And then you just say, well, you know, if, if you can't get your parents or your aunt or whoever to get off our back, then, uh, and, and you're debating going elsewhere, then go elsewhere. We'll go get well, another flip guy. This, flip this around. Flip this around. Let's say you had, Dave's probably got what? $50 million? At least you know, 30. Or earn, yeah, yeah. So it's 30, 50, 30, 50. Say you had 30 and $50 million and, and you're about, you know, in your, your 40s, mid-40s, doing well financially, you have no reason to work. Your families are set up for generations. You are passionate about, you know, your woodworking, right? Wouldn't you rather, would you really want to keep taking engineering calls and doing these things? Or would you rather go and do the things you really want to do? Like, would you rather go build some stuff or play more golf or, right? Well, if At my some hobby point, is fishing, I can do that for 40 years after I retire. So like that's but why I, mean, I keep working though. Like if, if you've got that, because money, he like, likes coaching, right? right but wouldn't you and go what, and do something? You would do it in a manner that you, that allows you to do it and not deal with all the, the BS. I think you've gotten, he's there, earned there, that point. There's bullshit and, everywhere in coaching though. Like that's, I yeah, don't understand this argument. <laughs> yeah. I, I disagree. I just think <laughs> well, if you get okay, to, a, where's he going to go? And you can, you can go anywhere and deal with, What's like, it going to be, like go a high school position. coach? I mean, Philip Rivers seems to love it, right? You know, he can go coach in the NFL and coach defense. Ryan Nielsen is never going back to college because he doesn't want to deal with that BS. But Philip right? Rivers if, would it, still be, if if Philip Rivers could just 
stay young, he would still be in the NFL playing football. Like, that's, a different, that's different. No, like, that's, what, no, what I'm saying, right, is there is nothing truly limiting Dave Doran from continuing to coach. Phillip Rivers had to stop playing I know football, that. right? So I, my thing is, like, if you like coaching and that's what's important to you, then you go to the administration and you say, we're going to have to hire, like, three or four people to deal with no, this bullshit like over here. You know it doesn't work like that. It, it does not work like that. It, the head it, coach it, it in totally college football can. is everything. I, it, it all it all revolves around. Jim Harbaugh it, didn't know there was a guy stealing signals on his staff. Come on! It all revolves around the head coach. It's just like just like the president in the U.S. Right? You watch those guys age dramatically, and it's the same. It's the same thing. They just deal with so much BS that you know the, the good that they can do is very limited. Even if you put the, all the right people around you, it still comes to you. It still gets to like, you. He's, and I think it, it's in college football. The head coach is, is the centerpiece and everything. And if Dave, like, I, I would not blame him. And I would not be shocked at all if he's like, no, F it, I'm going to go fish or I'm going to go play golf or I'm going to go do whatever I really want to do. And then I'll come back and I'll go coach high school football or I'll go, you know, get an NFL, you know, defensive line job or something like that if he really wanted to get into it. No one's but hiring I think him in the NFL. Like, that's nonsense. He's, he's, <laughs> these guys get hired all the time. There's chumps in the nfl he is so far removed from teaching that aspect of the game there is no way i it means nothing highly doubt this i highly doubt an nfl program is gonna be like dave come coach our linebackers like worst coaches have gotten hired i i don't absolutely worst coaches have been hired i i there's plenty of options for him to do regardless Take a break from coaching. Come back and do something later. Or maybe Dave wants to be the GM and just wants to, or wants to be a rough and roll, right? And be, and, and be with the players or be that. Right? Yeah, it, I could, I could believe that. But you're still gonna be dealing with this nonsense. Right, like, you don't. It's, it's not your responsibility. Like but you get the, to help the quote, and do the good nonsense. Things. The nonsense is the same thing you deal with with professional athletes. Like it's, it's guys want money and they want that's playing time. That's not, that's not your problem. You send that to the GM. I, I just think this is. I, there's a reason why coaches like coaching in the NFL better, 100. percent Because they're all they don't have the to money. recruit. They always say it's because yes. they don't have to recruit. That's it. And they don't have to deal with the money or the divas. Like I mean, I guess they got divas, but they don't oh, have dude, to deal with the money on. and all, yeah. any of that stuff. It goes to the GM. They just coach football. You get me players, I will coach them. That's why they all prefer it over college. Almost every one of them. You can yeah. ask them. Any one of these coaches. That's and a that's I, a saturated I, pool, and I don't see where how Dave is going to the NFL. Quite frankly, like I, that would just be. I'm just saying, there's always bunkers. options. If you watch, what's his name who got hired by the Bengals or the Browns a few years back, who was just the dumbest person I've ever seen, <laughs> and uh, who's who's the head coach? They did it hard. So you want to like, penalize him and make guy? him go to Cleveland? Come on, just Come on, Evan. That's worse than coaching at NC State. <laughs> no, he'd be done. He, I would not blame him at all. You have all the money in the world. There's no incentive to keep going and dealing with all the nonsense. The incentive you can, is you really you like. You really like being the head coach at an ACC football program. You like college football. You like winning, and you like shaping the lives of these young men. Like, I just, I again, he doesn't I think. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of these programs are going to realize with this NIL era and this bullshit, they're going to have to do something to make coaches a little bit more happy and deal with it. And the thing is, like, again, they're getting paid grips. It's so that's what I'm going to say. What, if I'm an AD and what was that? say, "Hey, come to me." They said they're all getting paid a grip. Right. If if a coach says, "Well, I'm not happy I have to deal with this," well, you're getting five million dollars. Get over it. Right. That's that's how you deal with it. And then some of these coaches are getting upwards to ten, and you're they can deal with it. But at some point, you've been in a place for too long. You've been in a place for a long time, 
there's there's almost certainly a breaking point. Like I've done all I can here, but he you know, hasn't. I'm, I'm losing my favorite player of all time. <laughs> I'm moving on, right? Like I'm sure he hasn't won, but he's. You know, if you look at what they're what they lose next year in theory, does he want to deal with all that? I don't think so, man. I I would be zero. I would be if he wants not to surprised pack it up, at all. I get it. I just uh, I'm just so tired of this. Well, oh, oh, it's so hard to deal with these players that want their money and playing time. That I I just don't buy that. That every single coach in America is going to have to quit playing, being a coach in college football. Then I guess we should pack up the sport. It, it's too hard dealing with aunties and and, and uncles. That's not you, you're you're being dramatic there because it's I, because it's a nonsense argument to me. It is not. I, it is not. I, when you've been somewhere for that long and you have this earned this much money, Jeff Halfley is not going to walk away, right? Jeff Halfley just start getting started. Dave <laughs> Dorn has been here for eleven years. He has been doing this for eleven years, and he gets grief and not grief, and he he's done. He's had it all. He's had the the full gamut. At some point, you just get like, man, I'm just, I would rather be doing something else right now. I need a break from this. And it's, he's not going to be alone. There's a lot of coaches that feel that way. After you've been there for a long time, it happens, man. It's, it's, I, I would not be surprised at all. I don't think it's universal because if you're younger, you're still like, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to recruit. I'm going to do these things. But when you get old and you've been doing it for a long time and you get consistency, then I think there's a lot of why am I going to keep doing this? It it you know, is. I'd rather my boys are graduate. I'd rather go watch whatever they're doing or be part of the, whatever they're doing. Or you know, hey, I just want to hang out with my wife and go fishing or do whatever things. I just you're not going to want to deal with all nonsense so much longer. It's just it's just a it's a fact of life. It is. You'll get there. Give me let me know in two years when you man. I'm 42. I'm ready to get. I don't want to work anymore. I don't want to do these engineering calls. You're going to get there. And imagine you $30 million. You're going to be like, yep, I'm out. I'm done. Well, I'm not doing this anymore. I might go do something I want to do. Yeah. The difference take is a break. he's doing something he already loves to do. And you're talking about something that's just in the periphery. That's annoying as fuck to deal with, with NIL. Like I just, to me, it's think, like, I don't think it's periphery though. Everything well, about being a head coach is, it's more about the other stuff. And he said this before. He said this recently, where it's more about the other stuff than it is about the coaching. That when you're a head coach, you're the CEO. It's more about the other stuff than it is the day-to-day. And that's what, he, yeah, that's if, what head coaches are If you don't like building with. a program and dealing with being a program builder, then then feel free to punt out and leave. Great. The fact is, you know, you say like all these – like you're, you're implying all these coaches – are just about to like hop out from this. Like the thing is, like you said, Bronco, Chris Peterson, who else can we think of that? And Bob Stoops, that's like three people out of um, the 125 that are there every year. And the what? I don't know. There's probably like 10 coaches that have been at any program as long as Dory's I mean, been. Like it's Roy Williams Dabo. did the same thing. <laughs> he said the same thing. Rory was stepped down. He, he didn't like them for like stuff. 40 years. Whatever he was in his seventies, he's been coaching for a long time. Just telling you, these guys, Mac Brown's like a hundred years old. He's still doing it. I know, but he, you know, he got fired from his job. There's plenty of guys. There's plenty of guys who get to the breaking point, and some like Mac Brown are egotistical and they need the attention that comes with it. Sure, guys like Dave, Dave doesn't give a crap about that stuff. 
I'm almost certain he's just like, I man, I'd rather just be done. Like he doesn't he doesn't want any of that. He wants to coach yeah, football. We'll he see. wants to go fishing. I, I am super skeptical that if uh, Dave retired uh, now at this age, that he somehow wouldn't get uh, pulled back in somehow. I think I think there's more to that candle. I think he's just been dealing with uh, a crappy roster for two years. I think if he was, if, I think if you know, if the twenty, if the last two years had gone more consistently, less aggravating with offensive line, quarterback injuries, things like that, I think Dave would have a different opinion. And there, I think there is a part of him that is going to look at it and go, hmm, what if? What if we don't have to deal with this $25,000 a year thing and I can rebuild this roster? Hmm, like, do I want to try to go get a championship? Is it worth sticking around for? If he doesn't want to, like, whatever. It is what it is. But I'm just, uh, these guys are all wired different. And I just think it's weird that that we're acting like, MJ's aunt is like the problem or Keon Lassane's dad spouting off on Twitter is the breaking point. Like it just seems, that seems nonsense to me. That shit's been going on since Devin Leary's dad and others. But that's the, like, and I'm almost certain that is the small part of the stuff you see. And that is not what these guys like dealing with. I, I don't. I, yeah. They like dealing with like the Brennan Armstrongs who are like, Oh, you're going to bench me. How can I help? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, I know that there's always going to be some guys that are a pain in the ass to deal with, but, you know, again, I if he if he wants to retire, he's more than he's more than entitled to it. I just think, uh, I just can't imagine being wired the way they are to constantly push and try to succeed and then just be like, well, you know, this this little thing over here was the nagging thing that, that took me out of it. I just, you know, We whatever. will see. We will see. Like, He's I a really don't... good program builder. He's done a great job here. I think we all wish he had gotten that tenth win here or there. And if he retires at the end, well, technically he could still get ten wins this year if he gets if he wins out and gets a bowl game. But crazy, you know, he will be looked at very fondly whenever he leaves. I guarantee it. Like within a year or two, everyone's going to be like, "Damn, we had something pretty good there." Um. But maybe Tony yeah. or someone else could make it better. I mean, that's that's the thing. Did he leave it so it can succeed? Yeah, I mean, it, regardless, the program's in a better place than when he got here. And, if, I mean, we're just looking at his lab. I'm just going to read his record right, right now. Six and three. Last year, eight and five. Nine and three. Eight and four. Four and eight. Nine and four. Nine and four. I mean, that's a level of consistency that NC State has not seen ever. Yeah. What's the one after that? It's the seven and five, right? Seven six seven six yeah those were the five, Jacoby years, three, right? nine years. Like, he has two bad years in there and then you know whatever we can any other coach would have four bad years given what we know now right with last year and this year so far with injuries and just poor um quarterback play and things like that right yeah. like I mean I think most normal coaches would have probably bottomed out multiple times more than he has I mean he won nine games with Bailey Hockman. How much more do you need to say? Like he's about to win nine. He's about to win nine games with uh, Brandon Armstrong and uh, and MJ Morris. What was I mean, the total the guy, last year? Uh, eight and five. Eight and five. Okay. Yeah, four and four in the league. Here's some here's some fun trivia for you. Who's the worst coach in NC State history? <laughs> uh, let's see. Who would that be? It's got to be way back, right? Yeah, oh yeah, way back. Oh, well, I, I, 
Tom Reed in the eighties was pretty bad. Yeah. Nine and twenty four in thirty three oh, games, three years, got fired. With a twenty seven win percentage. Horace Hendrickson, of four course. and sixteen, nineteen fifties. Yeah. Won twenty percent of his games. Four and sixteen is Tefler Horace. Yeah. Al Michaels, three and eight, twenty seven percent of his games. And John Van Lu, but he was only one year. He went two and eight. What year? Nineteen thirty. Tough, tough year. And then Dana Bible gets zero and one for losing the ball game. Oh, poor DB. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So onto the game. Onto. Um, I don't even. We don't really need to talk about the game. I, I, Let's talk about it. I, I got. I got like twenty minutes before. Well, I wanted to talk about your ridiculous take that you want to play Brandon Armstrong over MJ Morris. Yeah, if MJ plays poorly against Wake Forest, yeah. I, yeah. I, I boy, defend I, yourself. I tell you what, I was losing it watching MJ <laughs> in this game. Um, he has just not looked right for the last few games passing the ball to me. Um, I, th- dude, he's missing dudes. He's he's throwing the exact same balls that we were complaining about Brandon Armstrong about, and okay. yet, he, but he doesn't have the added added bonus of his running ability. It's kind of funny, actually. Someone must have said something to him last week because this week uh, he started off the game and like I think he first or second drive he tried to pull the Brandon Armstrong like just run headfirst into a defender thing and got like ragdolled from it and then yeah. uh, then Brendan Armstrong came into the same thing and also got kind of semi ragdoll from it so um I feel like they are trying to get him to run tougher so at least that's a minor change um that I've at least noticed but uh yeah dude the offense has been really bad with him and he is not making the throws that I thought he was going to make his deep balls are terrible quite frankly he's not he's like not connecting on anything it's like not even close most of the time. Um, he almost threw multiple picks in the game that weren't uh, last almost. time. So like, yeah, like they were dropped by the Miami defender almost. Um, so it's just I, I, dude, I'm just not seeing it. And so if if the argument, so the thing is, like, I thought we were going to lose most likely, right? Lose one or two of these games, and so you're just in the like, okay, let's evaluate a mode. But now that you've won them. You know, I think it would be important for NC. Like someone, I think James was one of our guys was asking, um, like, what's the point? What what meaning do you get if you have a nine win season? But I think it's huge because it would obviously help with recruiting. Probably get a better bowl game, maybe a bowl game where Dave cares. Maybe you get that tenth win. So I'm now in the mode of I really want to win every game for the rest of the year, especially the last one, and I am not seeing anything yet from MJ that indicates the offense is better with him. I mean, he came in when the center got back and healthy and the interior of the line uh, resolved itself, which was a huge problem for Brendan Armstrong. He was getting absolutely destroyed because Cooper um, and the two guards could not get it together with, uh, with protections. And so I think if you put Brendan Armstrong behind this line, I think he would have played better than MJ from a passing perspective. And I think he gives you more in the run game. Now, the question is, would the rest of the team played hard for him? Um, Which was like one of the implications of why he got benched is that there was some, you know, concern that the team was going to revolt. But I think they've also seen him go in and play hard as hell. And I just, frankly, I'm just not seeing anything from MJ 
yet that looks like what we saw last year and gave us hope. And I was like, well, let's wait and see. And, you know, my whole point is I'd like to see what he does against a slightly uh, less intense defense in Wake. Um, and if he goes out and has, like, another terrible game, I think going into Blacksburg, I don't trust him if that happens. And so I'd rather see Brennan Armstrong. I'd l- rather try to finish the season strong than limp to losses because your offense, your quarterback, literally can't do anything. Because, I mean, look at his numbers, man. Just go look at his numbers. They are not good. And so I'd rather have the guy that's got two tools to play with than one. You know what number is good? He's won three of his four games. His defense has. Well, he's also played better defenses and better teams. Dude. Brennan Armstrong is – got to pick six to – Okay. Any of Brennan Armstrong's numbers are against VMI, Virginia, Notre Dame. Yeah, he was horrible against Notre Dame. Horrible. You forget he went 22 for 47, three interceptions, 26 yards rushing. Like, I did some revisionist history going going on here with your message board theory that you guys, I know IPS is pushing it too. Like, put Brendan Brendan Armstrong, the offense has been serviceable, which is all you're going to get from this offense. Putting Brendan Armstrong in this season would be a huge regression, other than how he's being used now. What is serviceable about MJ versus Brennan? The offense right now is KC getting the ball in unique formations. That's it. And if you're telling me you can't do that with Brennan Armstrong, that is complete bullshit. This offense is so watered down. So watered down right now. KC's numbers with Armstrong, four and a half touches a game, 49 yards per game. With, With MJ Morris... Nine touches per game, 105 yards per game. Yeah, it's like they realized Casey's the best player on the team, and they were like, let's get the ball in his hands as much as possible coming out of the bye week. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) I I can't believe you think MJ is some magical piece here. I don't. I don't at all. I just think MJ has not done anything wrong. He's not been great. and I've said He's not done anything great. He he doesn't need to. That's the point. He's doing exactly. That's the problem. Right he's now, doing he exactly what he's doing exactly what he needs to to win games. He just beat two of the best defenses we're going to play this year. Even you just you think Armstrong going on a ninety-seven yard drive? Well, considering he was no. responsible for half of it, yes. No, no, he is not. He is not. He has <laughs> not shown the ability to make good decisions all year. MJ might not be accurate. He might be making some mistakes, but he at least he is not making. Terrible decisions. Really? Bad throws? That yes. arm punt? Terrible decisions. The fact that he can't read a defensive end coming at him and can't throw a hot route? He's missing, we he's missing reads all over the printing. place. We were but saying he can't the same run the ball. I'm telling you, if you, I firmly believe. It's a, it's a huge I mistake. firmly believe he is a – MJ is a zero factor at quarterback these last games. He so has not done anything. I, so no, is that's, Brendan. That's the thing. MJ is getting the ball where it needs to go. He's he's not he's doing enough to win. This Why offense, would you change it? The offense has like looked better than anything we've shown all year. They've had like forty plays a game for the last two games. I think you're going to have a more efficient offense with Brennan Armstrong, and you're going to control the game more. And you're not going to have to rely on the defense getting what four turnovers, a pick six, constantly flipping the field for you. I I I am so confused by that's this. exactly that's exactly what you're going to do because the offense is not going to magically be good. This offense stinks. It doesn't matter you who's have the to quarterback. Be able to look at the offense when there was no blocking in the interior, and now the offensive line There's has still been no way better. In the interior. There's still no blocking. In look the at interior. the. You can look at they the numbers. You can look at the numbers. Game. You can look at the numbers for Miami. They gave up less snacks, sacks than they usually see. Less tackles for loss. This offensive line, while not great, great, is nowhere near as bad as it was in that Louisville game. 
The game, we they are running for less different. yards. Yeah, we were running for less yards. Because the guy who ran for all the yards is not playing quarterback currently. Because and the guy that's who all is he did was passes the ball. for the exact same amount of yards as Brennan Armstrong does. There's no, there is nothing you <laughs> no. look at from a statistical way that MJ W's. Morris is adding more W's. than what Brennan Armstrong gave you on offense. He's W's. not. Yeah, the W's, W's would have been there with Brandon Armstrong. I'm sorry, these they, game plans. No chance. These game no pl- chance. Y- yes, they Did were. Did you watch the Louisville game? All they, they were. do jack shit. Anyone could hand the ball off. Shit. Anyone could hand the ball off to Casey. If if Not we Brennan. had this, if we had this creativity as far as force functioning the ball just to Casey earlier in the year, we would have been way better. Look at the UL game. They didn't. They weren't even trying to actively get him engaged in that game. That is a mistake. The staff literally came out after that and completely reworked themselves. I, I, there is nothing. Again, MJ is going to get to play worse defenses now. His statistics better ramp up pretty quick because otherwise, I don't. Give, I don't there's who nothing cares there. about the statistics. He's gotten W's. Oh, my he's God. got less interceptions. The, he's, the defense. he's doing better than Brendan Armstrong. Dave, even Dave had to like probably like sh- like do it with a shit grin when he said it was complimentary football yesterday on Saturday night because he. Dude, I'm the telling off, you. The, the offense score they need to. You guys are equating what MJ did for one single play on the goal line when it's clear that Brendan Armstrong's running ability is what saved their ass on that drive. I can't believe we're even talking about this. Uh, he's, he's, he's being he's, used great. No, that's not the point. He is being used exactly like he needs to be used. Bring him in for packages. Let him do some creative stuff with the two of them on the field. All for it. Brendan Armstrong as your lead quarterback, no chance. No yeah. chance. He's yeah. throwing well, noodles. I, I saw his, his deep balls are out of bounds. He's not MJ giving guys the worst chances. offensive performance Terrible. of the year against Duke. We're about to see what he looks like on the road again. Let's see. He should be a lot better. Because if this He's, offense is struggling win. against Wake, it's going to struggle win. against – it's going to struggle. You're just going to – they don't win. Yeah, if they don't win, I don't want to see MJ the rest of the year. That's fine. That's fine. But he is winning. Which is what I said about this whole thing. I said defense. if he plays poorly and we don't win at Wake, he needs to be benched. There's nothing special there. I'm There's sorry. nothing special with Armstrong. Armstrong has been too erratic with the ball. Dave I, has said it all his career. He values taking care of the ball. Now, maybe Miami dropped some picks, but they dropped him. Right? He's not like he's throwing them. He threw a pick. He fumbled the watermelons. ball. He's not protecting the ball like you say he is. He's not perfect. He threw that he's pick not against perfect. Duke. I have no, I'm not saying he's perfect. Again, I'm, just, I'm saying just saying they're winning. Like, everything chance- has gone right. Everything has gone right against Miami and, and Clemson for the defense to basically secure the win. That's what we've been. That's how we play. And Brandon Armstrong is, turns the ball over more than MJ. That's a fact. Lean into your defense. You want the Look guy at, that can get it into playmakers' hands and do many, what he needs to do. How many interceptions? And that's what he's been doing. How many interceptions does MJ have this year? Right now, this whole five. he turns it over more, and he's got a fumble too. And I think Brandon Armstrong's got six. There we go. Oh, <laughs> dramatically different numbers. One guy at least runs the ball. I'm telling you, I MJ's got more touchdowns. This this this, this, this crap is not going to work on the road, and we're not going to be able to keep up with UNC if they get any points on us with MJ right now. There's nothing. We're not going to be able with Brennan either. Running the ball, Brennan Armstrong is not. It's not. You're not going to be able to do it the whole game. You have to have a threat. The threat of MJ being able to throw the ball or willing to throw the ball to down the field. We've already seen him get DPIs from it, right? Brady yes. Armstrong does not have that threat. We did not get that once this year. Now, did they not do it? Yes, they did. But the, he's throwing knuckles out of bounds. He's throwing dead ducks. 
He's not giving guys chances. Go back and watch. Yeah, I saw that deep ball to Timmons they threw and he caught it. I don't know what you are talking about. There is okay, anyone pass. anyone can anyone can overthrow Ant Smith, which is only the only thing MJ can do right now. Nobody can throw overthrow Ant Smith. He Let's get is. I I cannot believe why we're all sticking to our guns. Watching that game, it was painful to watch MJ at quarterback. Painful. Well, I I remember watching Brennan all year and thinking this is I'm going to poke my eyes out because we can't do anything. Yeah, well, we had to rely on Mario Cristobal somehow failing, as he always does, in a, in a in a critical moment, and then letting us march down the field. So thank God that, that Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal, as hard as he could for us. Because that, man. Miami that never had a chance. They never, never had a chance. If they kicked that field was, goal, they were not pos- I, if they kicked that field goal, we had had five yards of offense before that. <laughs> they were that not threatening the field us. right there. Five yards of offense in the second half. I'm telling you, man. Like everything just clicked for a moment, and it worked that's out. The, Raphael, that's had L, Raphael had an Raphael had an hell of a run. Fan. No, it's not. It's just yes, reality, it is. man. It is. It not is reality. reality. The offense. Miami couldn't do shit all game, and you're telling me because they kicked the field goal, they're going to magically get. They better? just ran no. down the field they with zero they just points. Ran in the down half. the field with no problem. If they zero kicked that ball the and then reset it, and we had also done nothing in the second half. I think it's Agreed. legit to think, hey, there's a chance that Miami could have ran it back down and got another field goal attempt. Same Miami thing couldn't for us. do shit. Couldn't have, Our defense oh was gosh. too good for them. Yeah, I don't they know couldn't. how they – that's weird. That's weird that they were on the one-yard line. How did they get there if they weren't doing anything? <laughs> they didn't score. Come they on. got zero points in the second half. I'm sorry. Zero Yeah, because points. of that stand right there. I mean – But that's their only drive. That's the only chance they had. And before My, that, that, we had five yards of offense in the second half. Neither team was moving the ball, and then all of a sudden everything agreed. clicked and thanks so, to Brennan Armstrong – even my on that, is, even my on point that play, is even if they even kick on, the field goal, they're not winning that game. Miami never had a chance. Oh my gosh, that's they were not winning. Eight, if you six, say they were going to no. win, because imagine they were going to find it, because that's the NC State fan in you wishing, thinking. If it oh, was I've 10, seen this story if before. it was ten nine, yeah, uh-huh. I could have easily seen it go the other way. Shit happens. It wasn't Shit ten happens. nine. It was ten nine. No, it was thirteen six. Oh, it thir- what, if, whatever. If they would, if they would have kicked the field goal, been thirteen nine, they still would have been down. It was an 11-point game. No, they kicked the field goal. They would have been down eight still. No, no. That yes, it was. Right. It was an 11-point game. It was 10-6 at that point. No, it was not. Go back and look. Now I feel like we have to know. 17-6. I'm looking at it right here. 17-6. It was an 11-point game. They kicked the field goal. They were down by eight. They are not magically no, coming no, back. No, no, no. We yes, got the touch- I'm looking at the we box. Got the, we got look the, the touchdown play play. after that, dude. No, we, we had. We, yes, yes, we did. We drove no, down and not. scored a touchdown, Evan. <laughs> 17 on a 31 year yard run. No, we kicked, <laughs> we kicked the field goal. What after no. that? After that, we kicked the field goal. Correct. No, we scored the Jordan pull. We had the Jordan pull touchdown. Was then we had a game. field goal. Then you had the Raphael touchdown. I, I understand that, but Miami's drive was it was 17 6. It would it was a two possession game, yes, and that's what the announcers were saying. At the same time, it's an 11 point game. They're like, kick the field goal, kick the field goal. Regardless, Miami was not winning that game. They showed no life. Neither did we. But I that's not that's beside the point. The Miami was never threatening us. Just because they may have kicked a field goal, if Mario kicks that field goal, we're not losing that game. It doesn't matter. They were not threatening us. It was ten six. I feel like I, I I'm not gonna drop this. It was ten six when it was fourth and one. Then we scored a touchdown and it was seventeen to six. 
That's why I'm saying 10-6 going to 10-9, it's a, a little bit different. It's, oh, are we going to squeak this out or not? It was a hell of a drive. It was great. But Brandon Armstrong was instrumental to make that drive happen. So I'm I'm just saying, I don't That's see... That's fine, but he's, you there, can't let him be the quarterback. He's, he's being used perfectly. He's being used perfectly right now. I think this is In nonsense. packages. I, I, again, this offense is not specifically... The only thing that's specifically tailored to MJ is they have no trust in him, and they have taken it out of his hands for the most part. And I do not see why. I do not see why if you insert Brennan Armstrong, you're not getting the exact same outcome. There's because eight, everybody I, knows you're going to run it. There's zero threat to it. That's that's why. That's weird. How many that's pass what we saw attempts? All how many pass attempts did he have? You guys are acting like he was throwing the ball ten times a game. Like who? You guys, Brennan Armstrong. What do you mean? He had no passing. There'd be no passing. That's insane. It, Nobody's. He's not a threat. He no was, one's worried was, about. No one's worried about MJ's passing right now. Like I don't. Twenty-two, forty-seven, fifteen of thirty, thirteen of twenty-five. Brandon Armstrong's not completing shit. Neither is MJ. But Brandon Armstrong at least could run the ball. I don't understand. I I am shocked that you guys are like. Let's have a guy who's one-dimensional be a think that that is a bigger factor than having someone that is two dimensions. Ball. He's taking care of the ball. It doesn't. And then, I mean, yet it, he didn't this last game. That's my whole point. He did. The he argument, got one pick. But one and pick. one fumble. And they had a pick in the Duke game. So he's had a bad game at Duke. He managed the Clemson game. And then he had two turnovers in this game. Thank God we had four. But in reality, two of those were at the end of the game anyways. So it was basically even even turnover margin until that field flipped and the game changed. How many fumbles does Armstrong have? I think he had one this year. Six picks and a fumble. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you guys are saying, like there's some monumental difference between these two. I don't, and I'd rather have right now. Like I said, if he plays poorly, this is all contingent upon if we don't see an improvement. Because I think it is important. Because you don't go to Blacksburg with shitty quarter play, back play, and win games. And I don't shitty. That's the problem. It doesn't matter. The home team. Look, you can't. (laughs) You cannot look. The defense has looked better at home this year, clearly, than it did on the road. It looked didn't look that great against UConn. Didn't look that it didn't look good against Duke. Now you got two road games, and if you expect the defense to constantly be playing at the level it's played at these last two home games, that's that's impossible to to hold that standard that long. Something's going to go wrong, and then they're going to play a game against UNC, who's got a better offense than anyone we played this year. So, like we'll see at that point. But I do not think we will win the next three games if MJ keeps playing the way he is. I think you we might don't win, win the one. next three games with Brandon Armstrong quarterback either. I think I think we got a better chance to win those three games with Brandon Armstrong right Not now. Unless we've magically been practicing the triple option or speed options. I you know, I which I I can't I can't help you guys. I don't understand why you guys are looking at him like he's never thrown a forward pass before. Because, he because can't. frankly he's, he's terrible. And That's so why. are the numbers for MJ. So if MJ's a terrible passer and can't run the ball, then why would I not want the guy who has just as good or better throwing he does not have better throwing. We've he's already got, established this. You know what? He's got 10,000 yards throwing the ball. That's a lot more than MJ's pathetic numbers I've seen this I'm season. Go, I want to get the clip from from you bitching about MJ, uh, Brendan Armstrong not being able to throw the ball during the Sure, sure, because now Notre I've Dame used game. my eyes and watched MJ Morris so far this year, and he is not getting it done as a passer. He is missing people. He is overthrowing guys. There were multiple times in this game where he either buried one into their feet or overthrew them and they were wide open. I'm like very tired. You know, we didn't have the, all we had was MJ's previous performance and we're like, well, that was really good. So we'd like to see more of that. And we are not. What's the best statistic to measure quarterback by? Oh, I don't know. Passer rating, QB rating. Who knows? 
yards, touchdowns, efficiencies, whatever. Okay, NJ's got more yards, more touchdowns, better better efficiency, better passer rating, and better QBR than Brennan Armstrong does. And Brennan Armstrong's played more what games. What are you talking about? Brennan Armstrong still leads this team in passing yards and rushing yards. He's played more games. Get, How many more less... games? He played what? Five games? Four games? Take pick a pick a game you want to take out. Let's yeah, take well, out let me v- see. VMI. If, if MJ keeps averaging this 125 yards or whatever he's passing, I'm sure he's going to catch up to Brennan. And I don't know the bowl game. <laughs> Come on, he's he's take out the VMI. Is... Let's take out the VMI game. Two sixty four. MJ's got more passing yards across okay, four games. Okay, like delete delete another game too. I mean, pick delete a, the Marshall game. game then. Delete the pick Marshall game because Marshall's bad too now. Look, look how bad Marshall is. Okay, take out Marshall. Take away all those pop. That's, take away all those pop passes. Pop passes. What? Brandon Armstrong got two pop passes. What's MJ had like three eight picks for, take away from eight MJ. for like two hundred and fifty yards? That's three picks you take away from MJ. His numbers. Oh get my better. gosh. His numbers. Oh my get better. gosh. I I don't understand why anyone is stumping at all for MJ right now. There's nothing he's doing that's, that's I'm, moving I'm the needle. I'm stumping for the situation that they're running now with. Brandon Armstrong being used in packages as he is now. If MJ because just got I hurt see right Brandon now, Armstrong full time. If MJ got hurt that. right now and Brandon came in, the outcome would improve, in my opinion. I I just no think chance. he looked really bad. I think he looked really bad against Miami, and then Brandon he Armstrong. didn't really do anything against Clemson, and then he didn't do anything against Duke. He has only he had hurt. one good game, and that was all pop passes. You know, so like again, keep winning, great. But I'm sitting here using my eyeballs, and I do not see what... So why are the coaches playing Brandon Armstrong, then? You love Dave Dorn. Why is he not playing Brandon Armstrong, who's obviously the better quarterback? Because I'm sure they're telling themselves, we just got through the gauntlet. Let's see what he can do. And if he doesn't get it done, again, against these lesser opponents coming forward, I I don't see what we're doing. I bet you might see a quarterback change. He's so not why aren't playing, they playing well. Him? That's what I'm asking you. If if MJ's been so bad in the cross these four what games. What did I say at the start of this? They want to see what he does against Wake Forest. If he has a really bad game, I got a feeling they're going to make a QB change. And they're going to say, you know what? Oh, you know, MJ was just having a tough day. And so we were just going to let Brennan go in there and just ride it a little bit more. And, you know, we just wanted to just see if we could get a little pulse or get a little motivation for the team. <laughs> Your standing for for Brennan Armstrong blows my mind. You shat on Brennan Armstrong for how many years? For sure. And we all and came around. That should, be, that should around. tell you how I that should tell you how I feel about MJ right now. Oh my god, it's so hard to watch. And they're both hard. MJ's at least serviceable. Except Brent he's not. What possible he run, to watch? He runs. He just runs. He's not physical in the run game. He's not making any special plays on his own. That's my only beef. They, he everyone's gets the like, ball wow, he made to the people. Incredible throw from the from the end zone. Yeah, he hit the guy wide open in the middle of the field. What an incredible throw by MJ there. I don't think anyone could have made that pass. Oh, incredible job. <laughs> so well, so gritty of him to stand in there and and pl- make the pass to the best player on the team. How did? Oh, it's not like that was like probably the primary read. It's not like the. Oh my gosh, it's so, this is so frustrating. I cannot believe this. And then they take, then they take Brandon Armstrong out. They took Brandon Armstrong out at the end of the game, right? They're down there on the goal line, and they're like, "Well, let's let MJ." I'm sure they were like, "We got to pull Brandon out because if Brandon scores a fucking touchdown here, we're going to be hearing it from MJ's parents and MJ's aunt. How oh, they're just not giving him the opportunity." Then what happens? He runs in there, and gets stood up like a little bitch. 
I am so tired of this. So tired of this. Ugh. You done? <laughs> yeah. Now go out there and fucking throw for 250 yards so I can relax against Wake. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That's, we're going to leave it at that. Will has got to get off the message boards because they have corrupted his mind. Uh, I, I'm going to mention the last thing um, that, that I know the guy gets all the pub, but he needs more pub. Peyton Wilson has 105 tackles through nine games. He's three off of his career high, which is 108 in 2020. But my man has got 105 tackles, 10 for loss, four sacks, two interceptions, five pass deflections, a touchdown, and two fumble recoveries. And if Peyton Wilson had... isn't first to all first team All American, somebody should be slapped right across yeah. the face. And he probably he... would have had another pick six there if he catches that he... one. Dude, oh he my had God. it. Yep, yep. Put his jersey up, like put his number up, retire his number, do whatever you need to do. Nobody should be wearing eleven again. That guy is unbelievable, and he is he lays it all out every game. Like he is just he's phenomenal, and I got to got to give him credit. It just keeps getting better, and I, I hope he finishes the season strong. But man, he's legit. Yeah. Yeah, need, I love watching him. They need like a um, like a, a linebacker honorary section of the stadium at this point, right? Like yeah. him, what he's done this year, Drake last year. Even I mean, I mean, go back to Irving and those guys. You could probably keep going back and back, right? Like it's shocking how good we've been at linebacker, and just it is amazing to watch him play. And like you know. Again, just why? I don't know if we've just because we've seen him injured so many times, but to see him in the middle of games, like putting his shoulder back in the socket and all that stuff, yeah. like it's just, uh, it's really, it's just amazing to, to see how he plays and like the energy. Um, and uh, I'm sure they all feed off of it. And I'm sure they um, also are a part of that kind of feeding it to him. But man, it's just so fun to watch him play. And like I was listening to, of course, as always, one of my Schadenfreude podcasts this morning from Inside Carolina, and they were talking about how great Cedric Gray is as a linebacker. And I'm like, I mean, dude, it's it's so it's so obvious how incredible and unique Peyton Wilson is. And I cannot believe more people are not just talking about what he's done this year. It's I I have to imagine he's like ACC Player of the Year caliber, right? Like no one else is really. Who else doing anything there? this year? I mean, they might give it to Jordan Travis, but I mean, <sighs> Peyton Wilson's clearly the best player in this conference. Yeah, I mean, look how ordinary Jordan Travis now looks with um, without uh, those Keon two Coleman. receivers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's another reason like why someone was like, well, what's the benefit of winning these games? Like, if if you end the season nine and three, I guarantee you he's getting that Player of the Year, right? Because it's probably because of the defense, anyways, right? But hmm. um. Man, I just I really hope he gets every recognition he can. He's been so awesome. Um I cannot believe it's what how many games left? Three slash four, and he's that Three. close to already beating his own tackle record or uh, highest tackle. That's it's crazy. Sixteen this past game. He's he's everywhere all the time. And all right. I would rather have uh Peyton Wilson quarterback than Brendan Armstrong. Thanks for listening, y'all. I will y'all accept have a good that too. <laughs> Go back. Put Jordan Poole back there. <laughs> I, I legit love Jordan Poole. He's going to be good. Oh my gosh, yeah, hundred percent. I was raised by the wolves. Eight thirty four. Run through the night. Play with your life. Did he get a carry? No.